0: Welcome to The Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Man Productions.
1: Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for joining The Scott Townsend Show. And today I have with me a special guest, a returning guest, Dr. Joshua Gentius. He's the research director and director of evidence based practice, an associate professor at, in the Department of Emergency Medicine at OU's School of Medicine, Community Medicine, at Hillcrest Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gentius.
0: Hi, Scott. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, we really had some
1: good feedback on the last show that we had, and uh, I was glad to hear that you were interested in doing another one. Last time we talked about masks, and if you missed that show and you want to uh, watch or listen to it again, I'll post a link in the show notes below, and I'll maybe there will, I'll put a little picture of it down here below us. Um, today um there's a lot of talk about vaccines now vaccinations we've we've got past the mask well i don't think we have gotten past the mask thing i got a question here we'll talk about but uh, i'm really glad you're here because i know nothing about any of this and so uh, dr gentius is going to bail me out here and help me smash some rumors hopefully and give give people good information about vaccinations and so here we go um are you ready for the uh this is almost like uh, what would Jeopardy or something like that. We'll ask questions and you just have at it.
0: Absolutely, fire away.
1: All right. So uh, the first question I have here is, and I don't know what this term means. Um, I've heard the uh, I've heard there are mRNA vaccines. What does that mean, and how do they work?
0: That's a really good question, and the the simple answer is your body. Your cells in your body use mRNA to make proteins, and so those proteins kind of um, kind of help your body do all of its work. Well, in this case, the vaccine introduces a piece of mRNA into your system, and your body then uses that to make a protein that is part of the what they call the spike protein um, that goes that the va- that the virus uses to insert itself into your cells. Once your body can recognize that spike protein, it can then fight it and it can prevent you from getting infected with the virus. Um, mRNA naturally breaks down within your system in a matter of hours. And there's no way for your body to, to, to make any new mRNA, just what they injected into you. That's all that happens. And then it goes away on its own.
1: Okay. Uh, Second question. This is, this came from uh, Facebook. Uh, Denise asks, does, do you think it is safe for people who take biological injections for RA, cirrhotic arthritis, et cetera? I don't know what RA is, but. uh,
0: So I think that those kind of decisions on whether or not you should get the vaccination, if you're immunocompromised in general, um, are decisions you should make with your physician. However, Um, I would say that um, for most patients who have, you know, RA or are on some kind of immune modulating drug or have some other reason for their immune system to be depressed, they are at much higher risk from contracting COVID and becoming ill than they would be from getting ill from the vaccine. It's possible that they would have a greater kind of side effect profile from getting the vaccine. Um, than people who are not um, compromised in their immune system, or they might have a, a smaller side effect profile. But when it comes to these mRNA vaccines, they're seen to be pretty safe and effective. And so most patients who have immune compromise, the CDC is recommending that they get the vaccine. In fact, they tend to be either in tier one or tier two of vaccine distribution plans.
1: That brings up a good question. Um, <clears throat> everything that we talk about on the show today, I'm not a doctor, so don't ask or don't call me or ask me any medical questions. And with everything that we say on the show today, wouldn't you say it It, it, it needs to, you need to bounce this off your, you know, physician? Um, I, think,
0: yeah, I think that when people have questions about um, getting the vaccine or or things like that, if they can contact their physician, that's always a, a great option for them to do. Um, another local, you know, local kind of resources for people would be through their local health department, um, In at least in Tulsa County, and I think this is the case in Washington County too, um, the local health department is coordinating the vaccination of people through the through the county, so they know all about these vaccines, and they're very good at answering those types of questions if people have a specific concern. Um, but the take-home message for these vaccines, especially the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, is that they seem to be very, very safe and they're 95 percent effective at preventing severe um, COVID-19 disease.
1: I heard yesterday on on the radio, um, so I'll run this by you, I heard that the Johnson & Johnson has a new one out that's 66 percent is that does that mean that I would rather take Pfizer or Moderna versus Johnson and Johnson?
0: I think for most people, you'd rather get whichever one you can get first. That's to me the the thing that would be the be most most important. Um, the different levels of of efficacy between the vaccines; those are preliminary data. I don't think that we know necessarily um, which ones are going to, for example, last longer or have better long term outcomes. Those kind of things. So. Um, to me any any vaccine that's made it through the the um, fda's approval process is is one that i think that people should have confidence in taking okay
1: next question here is is the second dose the same as the first or different
0: it is the same um, between the in both the pfizer and moderna vaccines they're, it's just the same uh, vaccination that you get it's just an an extra an extra bit to kind of get your body um, to to really do a good job of fighting the virus if it comes in contact with it.
1: Okay. Should a pregnant woman take the vaccine or not?
0: This is a really good question, and um, I'm not certain that anybody knows the answer strictly. Um, the reason is that when it comes to pregnant women and breastfeeding women. The clinical trials that were performed um, did not include those those particular populations. Um, so far, in um, post vaccination kind of safety data, it doesn't look like there's been significant problems um, with either um, pregnant women or breastfeeding women, and and it's likely that these vaccines are safe in those in those populations. But we just don't have complete data. Um, the I will say that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists um, is um, recommending that that patients who want the vaccine, who are pregnant or breastfeeding, should be able to obtain it.
1: Okay. let see. No, here's another one. Once vaccinated, can you still transmit the virus?
0: um it's likely that transmission is greatly re- greatly reduced by getting the vaccination because these vaccines don't use any live virus they're just a little piece of the protein um, that the virus uses so since since there's no live virus and there's not really risk of getting the virus if you get the vaccination it stands to reason that if you don't get infected you're likely to to cause less transmission um, but um, the the actual like primary clinical trials on that have not yet been conducted. And so out of an overabundance of caution, the CDC is still recommending um, that if you have had the vaccination until community levels have fallen um, of transmission of the virus or um, until we have enough vaccination performed throughout um, your local area to achieve herd immunity that we still recommend masking and social distancing at at that point
1: even after you've got the vaccination even
0: after you've gotten the vaccination now the cdc does say that if you are in a group like a a cohort of people where everyone has you know received both vaccinations and are past the the 10 day to two week waiting period that um, you should be able to congregate with that group um, reasonably safely just because the transmission rates will have fallen so low um, within that group
1: This is just me thinking, but I almost want to put like a armband on my arm once I, once I get vaccinated so that people will know, Hey, that guy's been vaccinated, you know, but
0: that it's happened for you.
1: Yeah. Um, but then that wouldn't stop people from doing it who hadn't got vaccinated.
0: And I worry too about people who end up having, you know, fear of missing out. And, and, you know, I think that, I think too, that. From a privacy standpoint, my personal preference would be just to, you know, to do what I'm supposed to do in public and and just go on with my with my life. Um, you know, I've been vaccinated, you know, I got both vaccines um at this point. So um, but I'm still social distancing and still masking in public.
1: How was that experience for you? I mean, did you uh side effects or any kind of so it's a
0: good question. The The side effect profile ranges from people have no symptoms at all to, you know, a a mild sore arm for 12 hours or a day or so, um, which was what my experience was. And, but some people get, you know, fairly hot fever and chills and, you know, maybe a slight cough, body aches, headache. They get basically what are symptoms of, of mild COVID disease. Um, But like I said earlier, since that um, mRNA, breaks down in your cells naturally um, these these symptoms don't really last for more than a day um, and then they go away on their own okay Uh, can
1: you get one shot from pfizer and the second from moderna
0: so it's it's preferred that you don't and the reason is that um, the vaccines were developed differently they um, had a you know they don't necessarily use the same um, the same mechanisms and the same protein and things like that. Um, and no, no trials were performed You know, looking at, for example, getting the Pfizer one first and then the Moderna one next. Um, that being said, in a pinch, if there's no other choice for your second vaccination, it's okay to get um, you know, the Pfizer one first and then the Moderna one second. It's not preferred, but it's okay. We, we think that it probably would improve the level of immunity to severe disease that you would have problem is we don't know how much. Hmm. So
1: when I get my first vaccination, how long is it before I get my second one?
0: Um, So in general, two weeks is the the time period you'll get. You'll get a little card. Um, It comes from the CDC. Um, It's just a little paper card and it'll have um, the vaccine that you received and what lot the vaccine was in in case there's a contaminated lot or if there's a problem with um you know how well the refrigeration worked or something that they can contact you uh, the chances of that by the way are vanishingly little but it'll also say on the card what your date is for your second vaccination it's okay. okay to flex that a little bit like it doesn't have to be exactly two weeks after or exactly 14 days after or whatever um, you, you can flex by you know days to weeks and you still have um you still have improved immunity from the second shot okay cool Um, next one
1: here. Well, I have to get another shot next year.
0: That's a good question. And nobody knows the answer. Um, Hmm. this we've only had this, this disease in the United States for roughly a year, and we've had access to vaccinations for, for less than two months. And during that period of time, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to learn and get new information about it it is likely that the coronavirus will not mutate as rapidly as the flu virus does, for example. Um, So finding, you know, brand new vaccines to to fight it probably won't be as necessary as has been with the flu. Um, But um, the other thing, the other reason why you have to get a flu shot every year is that our bodies uh, don't, don't remember the flu virus for long periods of time. And we don't know if that is the case for the coronavirus or not. It's possible that booster shots might end up being necessary on a time period anywhere from, you know, several months to, you know, once every several years or not at all. Um, We're just not we're just not certain yet. Okay. you know, if you look at a virus like the mumps, for example, um, a shot for the mumps when you're a kid protects you until you're an adult and probably until fairly late adulthood. Um, but the flu, a flu shot you have to get every year. We don't know where it falls um, within those two parameters.
1: You said something a while ago about uh, the vaccination, not having a piece of the virus. Does that, so flu, flu vaccines, do they have a piece of the virus in there? And this one doesn't.
0: Right. Depending on the type of virus, this is actually a completely new vaccine. Um, No, it, before COVID-19 came, Um, No mRNA vaccinations were being performed in the United States. Um, And most of the older vaccines either use um, like a piece of the actual viral particle, or they might use a virus that's been attenuated. That's how flu vaccines work. So a a flu vaccine is the flu virus, but it's been modified so that it can only survive basically in your nasal cavity. So it doesn't infect you systemically. It gets in your nasal cavity, your body makes antibodies to it. And then, then you can fight it afterwards. Um, but since this one is, this one's completely novel, it just uses, um, a technique, um, that transcribes some of that MRNA from the virus. It like takes that, um, and then we make more of it in a, in a factory. And then we just package up that little piece of MRNA and use it as the, um, and use it, use it as a way for your body to recognize the virus when it comes forward. Okay. Is the coronavirus
1: going to mutate like the common flu? I think you just answered that.
0: It will um, mutate. All viruses mutate. Whether or not it mutates to the extent that the flu virus has mutated over the the decades is unknown.
1: If I get the coronavirus, would 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 help me to get the vaccine to fight off the? Vi- if I get the coronavirus, would it help me to get the vaccine to fight off the virus? Yes. Um,
0: so, we're recommending now um, that if you've had uh, a bout of COVID-19 um, that you still um, get the vaccination whenever your tier comes up. Um, the, the caveat there is that uh, you should not receive the vaccine within 90 days of, of having coronavirus. So, if you've had coronavirus, you know, three months after that is when you would be eligible for the vaccination.
1: Bonus question. This is one of the uh, um, rumors that I saw that uh, I hope you can, uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to knock this one out of the park. Is wearing a mask dangerous?
0: Nope. Um, So it turns out that uh, various types of masks are effective for uh, preventing transmission of the coronavirus um, and none of them are dangerous to wear. Um, I, you know, just anecdotally I wear um, either an N95 or a surgical mask or both um, between 10 and t- 12 hours a day, uh, most of the days of the week whenever I'm working clinically. And and uh, I've had no ill effects from it. It doesn't reduce your oxygenation levels. There's no evidence that people have increased levels of respiratory illness whenever they wear a mask. Um, masks, are, masks are safe to wear.
1: Someone said that it was uh, a Petri dish of... Uh I mean, I, I guess if you wear the same mask without cleaning it or something, that
0: sure. I mean, it would be like if you wear any type of clothing, yeah, the you know, same day socks after day, day, day. <laughs> after day without putting it in the washer. You know, that would of course be a problem. Yeah. But any piece of clothing that, I mean, we don't we don't freak out about wearing a hat, for example, or our socks or gloves. Um, there's there's no difference between wearing those things and and wearing a mask. So you know calling it a Petri dish, there are, there are types of bacteria and viruses on our skin at all times. So the mask does not, I, you know, does not have any effect on whether or not those, those things are already living on your skin. You don't have any choice or effect on that. And masking is, is completely, is masking is safe.
1: So is there anything else you'd like to say or, um, I those are my questions for now. I'm sure we'll have, we may have to do this again. We, you know, there might, there might be more questions. I'm sure there will be.
0: What I'd um, like to say is that we have the chance now to turn the corner. We have the chance to turn the corner on this. We're starting to see, um, some reduced numbers, um, around the state of total numbers of new cases of coronavirus, um, positivity rates are starting to move in the right direction but we still have completely full hospitals and we still have um, you know you know an unacceptable number of infections and deaths around around the state so I would plead with people that they they please follow recommendations that they you know wear their mask whenever they're in public that they social distance um, you know whenever it's possible that they stay at home um, if they have the opportunity to do so until we get enough shots and arms to to really start meaningfully reducing transmission levels,
1: I'd also like to say a big hat tip to Kelly Williams, the city, um, with the city of Bartlesville, with their uh, Beeville Bill and the campaign to help uh, kick COVID to the curb, so to speak. Um, and I, in full disclosure, I'm part of that committee uh, that helped design the uh, campaign. But uh, I really appreciate your support on that and helping us all you know, work together and applying your knowledge and expertise I'm so glad. that we can uh, hopefully get this thing taken care of sooner than later.
0: I really do think we have a, a good chance by, um, I think by summertime where we can have a, a lot of return to normal activities and, and kind of get things back to normal. That's that's kind of our goal in the state and and it's the CDC's goal as well.
1: Well, Dr. Gentius, thanks for your time once again, as always. It's a pleasure to have you. It's an honor to have you here and share your knowledge and expertise with us and uh, much luck to you and um, what you're doing down there in Tulsa. If you have any more questions, you can uh, send me an email, Scott Townsend 2400 at com, and I'll pass them along to Dr. Gentius or we may even have to have another show uh, where we answer some more questions if, if there are any that come up and who knows this thing is such in flux, you know, there may be something come up, you know, nationally that, you know it's right. been kind of one of those deals. So yeah, if you like the podcast, if you like the show, you know, like, subscribe, um tell your friends, write a review. Um but yeah, and and if you want to listen to the show on your smart speaker, just say the Scott Townsend show with Alexa and uh she'll start playing the show. But anyway for Dr. Gentius, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for uh, watching and listening to the Scott Townsend show and Talk to you later.
0: The Scott Townsend Show is a Deets Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.